Okay, here we go. Part three of our Parenting as Ministry series. Hi, this is Pastor Quint and my wife Erin. Would you say hello, babe? Hello. Is here with me and we are uh, jumping in on week three, uh, part three of this parenting conversation. This has been really good, gotten some super fun feedback from people. So thanks for listening along and uh, checking this out, listening to what we have to say. We are definitely learning as we go, but it's been fun to kind of discuss some of these things. And if you're wondering, you're probably not, but on the 1% chance anyone actually pays attention to the dates on these things, we actually took a, an extra week break. We've been doing these every other week, but for some reason, Mother's Day is the second Sunday in May, but Father's Day is the third Sunday in June. I don't yeah, know why. That's just how they decided it should be, I guess. That's how they made up the made-up holidays. So um, if we had done this last week and then again next week, both of these would have come out before Father's Day even happened, which isn't a problem, but that's just not what I envisioned in my mind. So we took an extra week off. So um, anyways, we're going to do part one of the fathering conversation today, and then we will do part two here in a couple weeks and kind of wrap this up. But this has been really fun and good. And actually, an interesting thing happened a couple weeks ago. I was on a miserable motorcycle trip uh, to, I uh, went through West Virginia and to um, the Blue Ridge Parkway. This, that was my dream and my goal. And then to the back of the Dragon, which is supposed to be a cool and famous motorcycle road. It was fine. It wasn't wasn't what it was supposed to be. The weather was terrible. It was awful. I wish I hadn't gone. Anyways, all that to say, in the middle of the rainstorm on uh, essentially day one, we were in a little town called Grafton, West Virginia, um, trying to find our way to this really cool road that I can't wait to do again someday in good weather called Road 250 that goes through the Monongahela National Forest. And anyways, we're in Grafton. The weather's pouring and uh, we stopped to fill up for gas, and I'm talking to this guy uh, who's filling up his truck, and he asked where we were from, and I told him, and he brings his grandson up here to go fishing on Lake Erie, but um, I think he felt bad for us because we're, like, stuck in this terrible, awful weather. I don't think I've even told you this story. No. And um, we're stuck in this terrible weather, and he's kind of like, where are you going? What are you doing? And then he was like, well, uh, if you go through this red light, and then to that red light, there's a big church, and that's where Mother's Day was started. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, the patron saint of Mother's Day was at that church. I don't even know what that means. But he was kind of like telling us the one tourist attraction Gra- Grafton, West Virginia oh. has was Mother's Day. <laughs> so he's like, so go check it out. Everybody's got a mom. Like, kind of like, you can't ride your bikes. We did anyways. But anyways, it was just kind of funny. That so funny. Uh, Whatever, but that's uh, that's the short version of the motorcycle story. But um, so today, tonight, we're going to talk about um, fatherhood, and so I guess I got to do more of the heavy lifting on this conversation. And I was, um, we were talking before we hit record, and um, I feel like I, I don't know how else to say it other than I know I I feel more confident talking about fatherhood. Uh, from the, I've I've just studied and learned and read a lot of John Eldridge content and, um, you know the importance of finding your wounds, finding healing from your wounds, recognizing what father wounds are, 
uh, and then even just the progression of, uh, he has a great book called Fathered by God, which talks about like the different stages of manhood. And uh, so I've, I've just binged on that stuff for my whole adult life. And I can talk about that stuff forever and ever and ever. And then I feel maybe less confident, but I'm going to give it my best shot, um, talking about how I father. I feel like I'm more equipped for the later seasons of my kids' lives. <laughs> I hope that turns out to be true. Um, so anyways, I don't know. That's just kind of like to set up today's conversation. It might go to some of those places because those are like you can wake me up at 2 a.m. and I can talk about that stuff. Like sure, I just yeah. have, I've studied so much and learned so much. And, um, you know, it's just been a, a huge part of my journey as a Christian and as a guy and then as a pastor. So um, anyways, what are our, our questions, babe? What's our starting point for this conversation? And we'll just kind of see where things go in light of all this. Um, well, I guess... I'm going to ask you a couple of questions that you asked me in the Mothering Podcast. Um, I want to start by saying, though, we have five children. We have four sons, though. And so as your wife, it's been so fun to watch the different phases of our sons mimicking you. And I was laughing tonight watching because Quint came home from work. We had dinner. And then he needed to mow the lawn, and we actually had an evening where we were home, so he's like, well, I better do that. And our three-year-old son, Bennett, like, it is his job to mow the lawn with Quint, and he literally follows him around and gets in his way the entire lawn. He never, like, takes a break. It he, takes, like, 50, 45, 50 He minutes. literally just trucks around behind him with his little toy and today mower. it's, like, 88 with 100% humidity. Oh, I know. His little cheeks were so red. I mean, and then when I helped him shower at the end of the night, I was like, man, dude, you really you really mowed the lawn with Dad. And he just was so proud and so happy. But I had to laugh because Quint had a water bottle in his back pocket. And Bennett came over to me and said, I think I need my water. So I said, well, it's in the refrigerator. Go grab it. So he went in and got it. I assumed he, of course, was thirsty because it was so hot out and his little cheeks were so flush. Instead, he brings it out, shoves it in the waistband of his shorts so that he can mimic Quint's water bottle in his back pocket. But anyway, so it is, it's been Well, and last, <laughs> last week when I went up to the front lawn, I pulled my phone out of my pocket to check a couple things before I started mowing the front lawn. And I looked over at him and he had his hand in front of his face like it was his phone. <laughs> and then when I looked at him to take a picture, he immediately got all sheepish yeah. and put it away. But yeah, they so, definitely are watching. Yeah, for sure. So it's been, and I feel like probably the age that he's at, I remember our oldest going through a similar um, phase to this. So I, f I feel like part of it is the age, but it is just so funny the way that he mimics and watches everything you do. And Yep. Um, anyway, so I guess to get started, we're going to talk about maybe if you want to touch on either your favorite thing about being a father or the part that you enjoy the most um, or something along those lines, if you want to kind of. Wow. Favorite <laughs> thing about being a father. There's got to be one. I mean. Oh, yeah. It's just really tough. I don't know. I mean, I just I love our kids and they are so fun. It's it's so much work. Like we're in a season right now where it's just like it's all work all the time. But it's, you know, every day they wake us up. We don't have an alarm and that's awesome. And they just want to like I mean, my favorite thing is to just chill on the couch and cuddle and snuggle and, mm -hmm. you know, like um, 
Because if I'm going to do something, they drive me up a tree. Like right. They're, they're yeah. like in the way. Because you're like, I'm going to take the kids camping. And then you come home and you're like, that was awful. I, I, I canceled <laughs> our camping vacation trip because it was awful. One night of it, I'm like, I'm not doing that for five nights. Heck no. So um, I found a place that was less primitive uh, so that there'd be some level of normalcy. But yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I'd love seeing them... Um, get passionate about things or get like uh, one of my favorite things in the last year was when we got Anderson into Taekwondo and like watching him just absorb it. His first few, especially his first couple sessions, like just really now he's like, it's kind of just so normal to him that he kind of gets, he's a pretty spacey kid. So he kind of just like checks out and I'm really pushing him to try to work on his focus. I think that's a thing, but it was just really cool to see him get passionate about it. And it, was it reminded me like I'm obviously the things I'm passionate about I get super into and passionate right. about but I want to create I want my kids to feel empowered to to do that and it, it doesn't have to be what I'm into you know I'm I play guitar and ride motorcycles and was into music that my dad wasn't but like that I want that to be like super okay like you know what I mean like my yeah. dad's my dad was a drummer but not a musician like I'm a musician. And, um, so if my kids end up in like Preston's super into art and I love that. And if that's where, where he stays, I want to encourage that. If one of them wants to become a chef, you know, whatever it is, like I want them to just be so excited about whatever their passion is. And I just want to pour fuel on those flames. So, um, anyways, am I answering the question? Yeah, I my, think so. my, my favorite thing. Yeah. I think is just like, um, I think one thing that's been really interesting is I guess I wish I could go back. Now that I know who Bennett is at three, mm-hmm. I'd love to know him again at one. Oh, I know. Because right? you know who they're going to become. But like when they're one, you're just like taking them at face value. It's all you can do. Well, it's really just day by day. Yeah. Like you're just and there's trying no to get through. I mean, I hate to say it that way, but right. you know what I mean. But even like Anderson has so much personality and so much identity and, and like knows who he is so like it would be cool i guess if you could go back to like see and experience that or you know knowing what the end game well i think that's why we enjoy so much like on time hop or whenever like video old videos or photos come up of them it is that like oh man now we get to go back and look at this memory in light of who they are now, you know, why and, we do that or why just people in general? Yeah. I, like well, I think that. that's why, that's why I love to do that. I don't, I can't speak for everyone, but I mean, I think that is a piece of like, I do it because I'm a glutton for punishment because it actually just makes me sad. <laughs> like, you know, it's cool, but it's also just like, Oh my gosh, like time is so fast. I mean, I feel like I try my best to be present and to live in the moment that I have. But even as I was mowing tonight, I was like, man, Last year, I was mowing the same lawn, and he was walking behind me, and like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, time just goes. So, anyways, yeah, I think that um, my favorite things now would be some of those things, just like getting to know them and trying to create a space. But my, what I, I would say, what's the next question before I steal it? Um, the hardest. That- oh, so I would say what I am hoping will be my favorite thing, what I'm looking the most forward to is helping them find whatever their thing is Mm -hmm. and just being their biggest cheerleader in doing it. And I think when the Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go, 
there's a lot of um, connotations put on that and, and things. But one thing I love, one thing I've been taught is that help your child figure out what they're here for. Yeah. And train them up to go in the way that he or she should go. And if that's, it doesn't have to be what I want it to be. It doesn't have to, you know, if there's a path there and there is, there's a very unique and individual calling on every person's life. So if there's a path, help them find it and train them, do whatever you can to help train them in that way that they should go. Yeah, absolutely. I know a lady that we used to go to church with called it like they're bent, but like finding, you know, you think of a tree and how it's created and how it has a bent or whatever a direction in which it is created to to go essentially um helping kids find like that bent the the thing they were created to do or or that thing um and then encouraging it like you said right right um i i did was thinking the one thing when you were talking i just was listening to a podcast and it was when you're talking about the season we're in right now and how it's difficult and and sometimes not a lot of fun just because of the ages of our kids and how many there are. But um, they were talking about, they also have young kids on the podcast I was listening to. And he was, the one guy was saying like, right now it's hard because like when you have a family, you were like, what's our family culture? What are the, what are we going to get excited about? You know, what are the things that are going to make us come together and bond and whatever it is. And I think what we can get hung up on is like, we want that family culture right now. When instead he was like, we're really in the training phase, the beginning phase of that so that we can enjoy our family culture in the future, essentially, was what he was saying. And I think sometimes when we get frustrated, it's because we're getting out ahead of that, you know, that season, Um, because we want that family culture now. And really what we're in is the training and creating of that family culture to enjoy it down the road, essentially. Yeah. And also like you can't. I can't forget, we can't forget that, like, we are, we're only going to get this night once. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're only going to get this opportunity to be with these kids and mow this lawn this time, this one time. So it's hard to to, to expect a, a performance level from them that is just unrealistic because it would make your night easier. Sure. Yeah. It's just, that's that's one of their nights of their childhood, you know? So it's just trying to tr- trying to keep that in mind and remember that, like, if it's always just like, do better. Do, and I mean, I'm like the guiltiest of guilty on this. So I'm not, <laughs> I definitely don't have this figured out. But if it's always this message of like, do better, come on, get out of the way, da 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 da, like that's a message that's going into them. And I, so I'm trying to get better at that all the time because I do have a level of like expectation. And I think it's just because of, it's just how I'm wired, I guess. Yeah. But, and I, I mean, I said it on a, uh, last episode or the one before but like I was in my 20s before I had so anything figured out and I'm still trying to figure stuff out all the time so it's not I, I just have to remember that because I put um oh yeah I put my expectations on people and on you know John Eldridge says how you treat others hearts is how you treat your heart mm. or the inverse is true how you treat your heart is it by default how you will treat other people's heart. So yeah. if, you know, I might be okay with a level of um, hard charging expectation on my personal heart because that's the relationship I have fostered there, whether that's healthy or not, different podcasts, different kind of conversation. <laughs> but by default, I will then place that same level of expectation on those in my life, whether yeah. it's at work, whether it's at home, whatever the case is. So, um, I have to be careful with that because 
uh, I mean, I've been around people like that who, and it, and it did not serve me well that they treated me the way they were clearly okay with treating themselves, mm, but yeah. I resented it and it rifted our relationship. So I don't want to bestow that into other relationships, relationships in my life, specifically with my children. Sure. So that was yeah. a long answer. <laughs> that's but good. anyways, yeah, so that's kind of the, I don't even know where, where that train of thought came from, but that's kind of some of the stuff that I try to keep in mind going through this hard season and trying to indulge in and remember the stuff that I love. Yeah. I'll say like specific things I love. I love that three years ago, probably, I started praying a prayer over Charlie before bed and it's become, it's the prayer we pray. She knows it backwards. I st- I say most of the line and she finishes it. Um, and, it, you know, it's like five things. I just said it one night and it stuck and then the next night I said it and it's, um, I'll say it. It's, dear Jesus, thank you for my sissy girl. Please help her to grow up to love you and to love one boy and to always know her worth and to never question her calling. And thank you for the miracle that she is. So I'll usually say like the first three or four words and then she finishes every line. Oh. And I don't, you know, right now I'm reading to the boys for bed and you're putting them down. But when I, we switch, yeah. we'll start it again. Or it's, it's like on lock. So I love that. Um, just like little things like that that we have and just different, you know, like th- there are some of those specific things that will always stick. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So then on the flip side of that question, what would you say is either the hardest thing about fathering or something that you feel that you struggle with as far as being a dad Ooh. to five crazy kids? Um... Man, I don't even know where to start with that one. The hardest thing. I mean, I've kind of, in sharing the last stuff I kind of shared, probably my biggest struggle is, like, I want to expect a level of performance that is unrealistic. Um, Not even unrealistic. I don't know. Sometimes unrealistic. Sometimes. I heard a guy say uh, one time, and I think this will serve me well as they get older. I really do. But he said, when my kids were eight, I talked to them like they were 12. When my kids were 12, I talked to them like they were 15. When my kids were 15, I talked to them like they were 20. Because I wasn't raising kids, I was raising adults. And I wanted to speak to them at a level that they had to rise to the occasion. Mm. Because when you're in life and you want to win in life, you need to rise to the occasion, not get smashed. So um, I think I kind of default to that. It, and it might be a little premature to talk to a three-year-old like they're six, but um, I think that some of it comes from that. Like, I want to uh, have kids that feel more prepared for adulthood than I felt, you know? Yeah. Um, so hopefully I'm laying some groundwork for that even now. Uh, but it's definitely hard to not go overboard or over the top on that. Also, it's hard. I really struggle with... Um, trying to find the balance between uh, like being or being present, being home, being with my family a lot, but also chasing personal th- things that I'm passionate about, like riding my motorcycle um, or even just self-care in general. Like just even, it doesn't always have to be a four-day trip, but like even just I want to go for two hours, but 
I also struggle with like, yeah, but I mean like that's two hours. If they're awake for those two hours, like what's really most important, you know, yeah. it's hard. Um, so I, I mean, I think I struggle with that. Um, because sometimes you not sometimes often you laugh at me because I'll get home at four thirty or five. We'll do dinner. I've had a day like sure, I, I work super hard yeah. and am doing 90 million things right now at work. Um, so I will have had like a crazy just work day. She's been with the kids all day, though. You have. And um, yeah, I'll and be, say the... I'll say at five fifty five. Oh, my gosh. Is it bedtime yet? And she's just like, oh, bro. you know, you're I keep saying she like you're not on this podcast. You're just like, oh, my gosh. So, um you know, like that's, I don't want to like wish away the three hours a day I get with them, I guess sure. is my point, yeah, you know? absolutely. So, um, usually like the first hour of the day I'm on the couch before I go to work and we watch stuff on YouTube or whatever, like just like chill, doesn't matter time, but I try to soak that in cause that's, that counts. And then, you know, whatever happens when we get home. So, and then the other thing I think that is really hard for me, so like, if you've ever studied, I know we've talked the Enneagram a little bit on here, but if you've ever studied like the DISC profile, D-I-S-C, um, D is dominant, I is, I'm, I'm going to mess this up. I'm not as well versed in this one as I should be, but essentially um, D and C are task-oriented people, and I and S are people-oriented people. So I'm a D, which is task-oriented. So one thing I really struggle with is... Um, it's easier for me to get lost in a task than it is to get lost in just hanging out with people. And I struggle with that as a dad because I don't have five little tasks running around. I have five little people running around. <laughs> but it's easier for me. Like last night we went to the Presque Isle and so I'm like, I blow up the kayak. I bring the kayak. So like I'm doing all the task stuff. Right. But what that means by default is I'm not present at the beach because right. I'm absorbed in doing this task. Mm -hmm. If I'm mowing the lawn, I'm not really present with my kids. I'm knocking out a task. Yeah. Right? And so if I'm whatever, pick it. You know, if I'm redoing the kitchen, if I'm this, if I'm building the yeah, attic. Yeah, and I, like, think, I think the problem at this age is that they can't help with, if anything, that is more frustrating. You know, I think it's one thing when your child's 13 and you can, like, task alongside one another that is that is you know spending time together but right. we're just not there just yet right and so what's hard what's hard with that for me is that i feel a level of loss because most of the tasks have to get done some of them are you know chosen by me like sure. i want to do the i want to put a new cd player in the jeep so i'm going to waste 2 hours this afternoon trying oh it didn't work i have to send it back but um, so those were an hour and a half, two hours that I'm just not getting back, yeah. that I was stuck in a task, you know, and not connecting with my people. Mm. So I, I definitely, I'm aware of it. I guess that's the first half of the battle, but then like how to fix it is the other half. And again, I do hope as they get older, it becomes easier. It becomes not even easier, but like, yeah, I guess easier. I don't, you know, like... Because then they can, I guess, get on my level a little bit. You yeah, know? I mean, I do think we've joked and laughed that, like, 
I feel like in a lot of ways, the last few years, I've been in like my sweet spot as far as parenting. I'm patient. I'm long suffering. I'm whatever. So like the, I'm well equipped for this season. And I've, I will be shocked if I'm wrong, but I feel like down the road as our kids get more independent and more their own person and more into their uh, preteen and teenage years, I fully expect that Quint is going to excel in that phase of parenting. Um, most in a lot of ways because he is an, such an individual and has always fought through his growing up years to remain that way. So I feel like you're going to relate well with like the becoming a person, their own person phase. Like I feel like that's going to be a really good spot for you as far as parenting. I foresee that in some ways it's I'm going to struggle with that because right now I do all the things basically for our kids as far as I'm still in control, I guess is what I should say. And I like it that way because that's what I'm accustomed to and I can control the outcome. I can control all the pieces. And as they get older and more independent, I'm going to have to relinquish and let go of some of those things. And I foresee, I'm, I'm conscious of it, but I foresee that being a more difficult phase of parenting for me than the one I'm in right now. So If they don't relate to me in their teenage years, they got no hope. Right. Because I dress the same way I did at 17 <laughs> and like I have the motorcycle I wished I had at 17 and you know yeah. like I'm I'm their guy when they're if it I'm sorry but it's going to be on them if yeah. it doesn't well, if it doesn't connect. So We'll see, but Yeah, I don't know. I so anyways, those are just a couple things. Yeah, I would say that um that whole task versus people thing is definitely hard. Um and I said it in the first podcast like parenting, I definitely uh, would describe it as perpetual robbery. Like you're just always losing. It's just this continuous sense of loss. Um, I know this sounds super depressing, but <laughs> but it's true. Like you're just always losing. You know, I mean, it feels like a hundred years ago and yesterday that our daughter was in the NICU and weighed four pounds. I know. You know, and so it's just like this really weird. Parenting is probably the weirdest time warp of anything else I've ever experienced, Mm -hmm. you know, like even your, um, you get married and you age with your spouse. So like you still feel 23. And the changes are just not as drastic. Right. But it's like watching, watching small humans grow is crazy. So anyways, those are, I guess those are the couple of things. Do you have anything else that we covered in the first one that? No, I don't. I mean, I don't think so. I think, I know, um, like, as I parent, I, I do think just being conscious and aware of the areas that need work or that you wish, it, that you want to be better at, like, I, I do think that's huge. And I think that's, I mean, if anything, just identifying a couple of those um, is a good, awesome step to, because every I I believe that the majority of us all want to be great parents and we want to raise people sure. that we want to spend time with when they're in, when they reach adulthood because they're awesome. And so, um, you know, I think if it's, if parenting is kind of shaky or, you know, if you're in a season where it just feels sort of shaky, then identifying some of a couple of those things and figuring out ways to work towards where you want to get is kind of like the first important step. So. Yeah. And figuring out input that would help, um, you know, that, that can help you, uh, is definitely good. I know we talked about podcasts or different things you've read and listened to, uh, um, a previous episode from the mothering standpoint. 
and I have to, I have read a lot, like I said earlier, a lot of Eldridge's content, and he's just my person on that on this subject. And I think um, because probably he wrote a lot of that when his kids were teens, and now they're in their they're like my age, twenties, thirties, whatever. Um, I think that's another reason why I feel more confident as my kids get older. Yeah the stuff in my tool bag will be more useful because I, the stuff I read was a guy who was writing with kids in that Mm -hmm. age, you know? So I probably could do a better job reading, listening about from dads who have much smaller and younger kids, um, to, to help me with that. But, you know, I think some of those things are, are huge, but, um, I have a, like a, I guess like an ebook, a small book on my desk. Uh, it was like a downloadable thing that I haven't even read all of it yet, but um, it's from Morgan Snyder, who is a part of John Eldridge's team. And it talks about, it's called um, Raising Wholehearted Kids, Raising Wholehearted Kids. And actually the very first thing, so I, like I cracked it open when I first printed it. And the very first thing said, essentially, well, you got to find out who you are. You got to get your identity right. Like, and I was kind of like, well, I came here to learn about raising wholehearted kids. Like, I know I got to work on me, but like, what's, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, and then I really didn't get, you know, much further past that. So maybe I'll do that tomorrow. But um, I think they, I can definitely attest to that though, um, because I feel like um, who, knowing who you are is what will give you the confidence to, parent well and to like I think part of why I am the way I am with the people in my life and in this conversation with our kids is because of the lessons that I've learned and the identity that I have finally established and therefore the confidence that I have and so I want to bestow that to my children right I want to raise them up in that and so you know my dad is amazing and awesome and he actually went through the absolutely devastating tragedy of losing his dad at 14 years old um so you know his my grandpa was 39 and my dad was 14 and my dad had to go through easily uh if you're listening dad i love you um easily the hardest and most confusing uh years of everyone's life his teen years into his 20s with without his dad you know without his guide and so i feel like um because of that and what he had to endure and learn and correct and all of that, yeah. it I'm sure, just because this is how life works, affected how he parented me and my brothers, me and my siblings, you know, he, and he did an awesome job. Um, but my point, I guess, is that like when you have situations like that, automatically it affects how you 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 have to get a lot of things figured out and you know you have just have more work to do you have like you you're coming from a place that's just so much harder and so much um there's just so much more to sort through am yeah. i saying this right yeah yeah and so when you i think that's why it's so important to invest in yourself and try to figure those things out and that's why i think that is morgan snyder's main point is because you have to figure out who you are cuz you can't give what you don't have and you can't uh, teach who you ain't is, right? You can't, mm-hmm. you, you really need to get that um, sorted through. Uh, and so that's really what 
I guess what I'm hoping to do, trying to do, I think that's like a huge, huge part of having confidence in parenting and in confidence in fathering specifically um, is, is getting that. Because men are so, men have this big, big question of like, do I have what it takes? Can I even do this? Right. Yeah. And until we get that question answered, I even think of your, this will make you cry, but yeah. I think of like your dad and your grandpa and it was your grandpa's family story that he was like, it stops with me. Yeah. Right. Like it was a mess. Yeah. And he met Jesus, changed his life, turned everything around. And in fixing his identity, he bestowed to your dad this this awesome grace-filled confidence. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And uh because of that, your dad was just like the best guy ever. Like Yeah. And I mean not only just changed his sons, but literally like his entire family. That whole branch of the tree. Yeah. Like yeah. it just in one decision, you know, just decided it stops with me. This is I, I'm gonna do better. I don't know how, but I'm going to. And you right. know, the rest is kind of history. But. And so I think for me, because I feel like um the reasons really don't matter, how I felt early in my twenties is I just do not feel cut out for this. I do for adulthood. I do not feel like I was in high school yesterday and yeah. I do not feel ready for this, right? And so now that I do feel like, okay, I get it. And if I could go back, I wasn't as unprepared as I thought I was. Uh-huh. And everybody else also felt the same way and I just didn't know it. Sure. Right. Yeah. They were just better. They had a better poker face. And so, anyways, um, I want to give my kids a level of confidence. And I think I, I think we talked about this on a previous podcast, like uh, in this parenting series. Like, we want to create kids who confidently step into their place in this world. Yeah. Like we said at the beginning of this podcast, train up a child in the way they should go. Help them figure out what their way is, and then throw all your weight behind helping them get there. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, there's limits and parameters and things like we are to parent and to keep them from self sabotaging, and we know what's best. And yes, all of that, but. Ultimately, like, if we can help them figure out what they're the most excited about and just get behind it, things are going to go pretty good. Yeah. So, anyways, all right, any other thoughts? or? No, I think that's a good place to end. All right, so we'll end there, and then uh, maybe on, well, we'll see where we go on the next one, but I could probably dig into more of that, like, fathered by God, Eldridge-type content and really share some of that. I think if... um, my, I guess I'll say it this way, Eldridge writes, literally writes the books on this stuff and his sons still on their podcasts openly talk about their father wounds. So if he yeah. was that aware, I need to be careful so I don't wound my children. Sure. Right. And yet they still, so some of this is just gonna happen because of the brokenness of the world that we live in. I did a podcast two, three months ago called You Have a Wound, and it talks about just the wounds from the enemy. Maybe they don't all come from directly from your father, but ultimately, some of that stuff we interpret that way anyways, because it's the enemy trying to get to us through what is the most important voice in our life. Our fathers are the most important voice in our life because they represent, rightful, rightful or otherwise, the heavenly father's voice. We interpret it that way. Yeah. So all that to say, um, it is not, I do not believe 
by any stretch, it should be offensive to any person at all, fathers, you know, anything, to say that there are father wounds that just happen. Like it just, it's part of the game. And it, it's some of it's literally just the enemy whispering in the child's ear, this is what he meant when it's mm-hmm. not what the dad meant. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah. And so, the, so that doesn't mean though that the child doesn't interpret it that way, internalize it that way, and then carry that wound forward into their life. Yeah. So I'm getting kind of uh, ahead of myself. But my point is when you recognize some of those things, you can find a certain grace for that. You can invite Jesus into that and he can help you heal it. So maybe we'll get into some of that on the next episode and that hopefully will illuminate like I think probably one of the biggest problems with um, the absence of fatherhood in America is that he, so there's the absence of fatherhood. That's its own mess. And then in the, where there is fatherhood, fatherhood, in the presence of fatherhood, there is this whole like some legitimate wounds being issued and some completely illegitimate, but still agreements being made. Yeah. And then relationships being broken, relationships being harmed, you know. And so anyways, it's just such a big conversation. And and I think it's so important to finding healing in your relationships and in your identity, your personal identity, because when you can get that stuff right and issue forgiveness for those things, valid or otherwise, you can find so much freedom and so much confidence. So yeah. anyways, um, we'll, we'll end this one here. Thanks so much for listening. Hopefully it... Uh, you know, said a few things that stick, and then we'll get into some of those bigger conversations in a couple of weeks. Uh, it'll be the Thursday after Father's Day. And uh, in the meantime, have a great Father's Day. Thanks so much for listening. And Dad, I love you. And Kevin, we miss you greatly. That's Aaron's dad, and he, he passed uh, way too soon, but he literally was the best guy ever. I said at his funeral, if you had a problem with Kevin Oaks, you had a problem with yourself because I'm his son-in-law, and I... I can't remember a bad minute with him and I took his daughter. So Um, anyways, all right, we'll catch you next time. Thanks so much for listening to the Quintessential Ministry Podcast.